Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com Network which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you can find anywhere. And today is Wednesday, which means we start a breakdown of the upcoming opponent. That would be the Packers' home opener against the Detroit Lions, or the Detroit Lions, as Mike McCarthy would say, at Lambeau. Noon kickoff on Sunday. A quick message about that game. If you are going, the Packers Women's Association is hosting their 30th annual food drive, and it's organized by the wives of Dom Capers and Jeff Janis. So if you're going to go to the game, Bring a non-perishable food item or six, or um, you know, cold hard cash always spends well as well. So like I said, we're going to break down today's game. Uh, as we usually do on Wednesday, we're going to lead with Green Bay's offense against the opposing defense. But first, we're going to have a little bit of a kind of a uh, Cliff Notes version of what's going on in Detroit. And that's what brings us to first down. Both teams are one and one, kind of done in similar fashions as well. And in their opener at home against Indianapolis, Detroit had to hold on for dear life to beat the Colts. Just like Green Bay had to hold on for dear life to beat the Jaguars. And then last week, the Lions had a chance to stage a late comeback against Tennessee, but fell short of doing that. Just like Green Bay fell short of a late comeback against Minnesota. So both teams won and won. The Packers have owned this series, which if, if you're a Packers fan, has to give you hope that uh, they can get the ship ready here on Sunday. Green Bay leads the series 96-68-7. and A bulk of that built over the last quarter century, essentially, where... As you probably remember, the Packers only 24-game home winning streak against the Lions. That, of course, was snapped last year when, when the Packers staged a furious late comeback and had a chance to tie the game, but Rodgers passed it to Devontae Adams. was broken up on the two-point play in the end zone by uh, Detroit's like 68th cornerback, Quadre Diggs. And then the Packers got one last chance at the ball, and Mason Crosby landed for the winning field goal and mishit a 50-yarder as much as I would miss it, a three-iron. That was an awful kick, and and they lost. And that, that ended, of course, Green Bay's 24-game whole winning streak against Detroit. That, of course, has to make Lions coach Jim McCullwell happy because he wants to deal with that question all week long. We'll talk to him later today, and, that, of course, that topic will be brought up. Talking to his own media in Detroit on Monday, he said, quote, Last year is last year. This game is important because it's the next game. It's the most important game of the year for us. Regardless of who we're playing, this game coming up is the one that gets our whole focus. The one that gets our concentration, who we prepare for. We're playing in a very, very tough place to play against an outstanding football team. We've got to be ready to go. A lot of cliches there, hey? <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, Green Bay's got to win this game, and they'll be a, a heavy favorite, I'm quite certain. Um, the Lions have some issues. We'll get into that. One of those is penalties. Now, I remember back in the Nakamagam Sioux era where you know, and Jim Schwartz, the Jim Schwartz era where they would, you know, they were the big, tough guys. And they were, you know, remember Green Bay had the, you remember Mike McCarthy was Pittsburgh macho. Well, Detroit was Detroit macho. And, you know, they tried to intimidate people. And they had a lot of cheap shot penalties and stuff like that. Well, not, not the case here, but against Tennessee, 17 penalties for 138 yards. 17. 
gave a league-high 28 for the season against the uh, Titans on Sunday. They had three touchdowns taken off the board because of penalties. Two of those were against tight end Eric Ebron. One was for offensive holding to negate a touchdown run. Then he had play for offensive pass interference to uh, eliminate his own touchdown. The Lions were pretty steamed about that call, but I mean, it's, it's hard to win football games when you have to overcome three of your own lost touchdowns. Um, here's uh, Jim Caldwell on that topic. All I know is there were too many. Whether or not it's a composure issue, composure issue is when you get personal fouls and guys are out of control and there are fights and things of that nature. These are technical issues. I think that we had a bunch of issues with a lot of different guys. So that's something to watch. Remember, Green Bay hung in the game against Minnesota because of penalties. So I, I think that's something to watch if Detroit's can clean up their act. Look, Green Bay's offense isn't very good, right? I mean, they, they, the, the Lions can't just give them yards. So that's going to be a big deal here. Second big deal here is injuries. And, yeah, Green Bay's got some Latroy guy in their starting defensive tackle. Probably won't play with a knee sprain. And you know who, who knows about cornerback Sam Shields. I guess if I was a betting guy, they wouldn't play him. But we'll find out when we ask McCarthy about him later today, too. But the Lions have been hammered by injuries. They were, you know, they, uh, so we'll start off with the defensive end, Ziggy Ansah. You know, he's their top pass rusher, a physical freak. He had a high ankle sprain against Tennessee, and you know, Laurel knows how long those things last. Yeah, that might be a month for him. Now, his replacement, Devin Taylor, played pretty darn good against the Titans. One and a half sacks, seven tackles, and one of those tackles was for a safety. So he played pretty well, but the answer is the one guy on that front seven that you really got to pay attention to. So that's a, uh, a big game for Green Bay. Here's another one, too. The Lions were so thin at linebacker by the end of Sunday's game that they had defensive end Brandon Copeland moved to linebacker, and he played alongside Tahir Whitehead in their nickel packages. They, these guys are just obliterated by injuries. DeAndre Levy, uh, the Milwaukee native, former Wisconsin star, and really at this point he's a former Lions star. Um, he's, his injury has just been killed by injuries, and you now he's hurt again. Um, he was at, uh, Jim Caldwell, I space on his name, uh, Coach Jim Caldwell was asked about him and uh, asked if Levy would play again this season. And, um, it was a we'll see, as all Caldwell would say. So that's, that's obviously not good. He didn't play against the Titans because of a quad injury. So he's on indefinitely. Another one of the starting linebackers, Kyle Van Noy, out with a calf or missed the game with a calf. I'm not sure if he's going to be out for the game. And then Antoine Williams has a thigh, and he left that Tennessee game. So entering, entering the season, of the Lions' six top linebackers, five of them are out on Sunday. That's Levy, Van Noy, Williams, um, John Bostick, a veteran, is on IR with a foot injury. And Josh Binns is, uh, was injury settlemented. That's not really a verb, settlemented, but he, he was uh, released with an injury settlement off of injury reserves. So that's, that's five guys. And White, Whitehead is really a big loss. I mean, obviously, Levy is, but Whitehead is too. Now, I remember going into free agency. Kind of look at who could be maybe sort of a bargain guy for Green Bay who could fill a niche. Whitehead's a terrific coverage linebacker, a really good coverage player. And I thought he'd have made sense for the Packers. Obviously, Green Bay doesn't play in free agency. That was that was a, probably a stupid thing for me to waste my time um, considering. But he's a good coverage linebacker, so that's going to be a blow if he can't play. The, other, the only other linebacker who was healthy, some guy by the name of Thurston Armbister. Now, the only Thurston I knew was on Gilligan's Island. I'm sure this is not that same Thurston, but it's kind of where they are. So we'll see where the Lions are health-wise um, coming into Sunday. I'll ask, you know, I'll ask Colwell about that on, on our conference call here later today. But clearly that's not going to help a Detroit defense. That's ranked 22nd in scoring, 26th in yards, 
24th on third down, and 32nd in the red zone. Now, obviously, Green Bay's got a lot of issues, but Detroit's defense is bad. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see if Green Bay can take advantage. Um, asked about the injuries. Caldwell said, you can use stuff like that as an excuse and that kind of thing, which we refuse to do. We just got to be able to make certain that we've got guys that will step in and do the job, which we do. And the other side of the ball, running back Amir Abdullah, who is their leading rusher with 101 yards and a 5.6 average. He's a long shot to play with a sprained left foot that he, that, uh, he sustained in that Tennessee game. If he can't play, Theo Riddick will be their number one guy and rookie Dwayne Washington. We'll get more, more snaps. Riddick is a great player. He's a great role player, though. I mean, he is a Unbelievable passing down player. I mean, he, he's so good that, I mean, he really played passing downs last year, and it was pretty obvious when he was in the game that Detroit was going to throw the ball. But it didn't matter. He is he is a big-time weapon. So he's going to be the guy this week. And then the Washington is a, guy, is a guy I thought maybe Green Bay might take a, a swing at in the draft. I mean, he is a he is a Packers kind of running back at about 230 yards. He liked, like those big guys. He had 31 yards on just four carries against Detroit. So he's a... He's a return kickoffs, a short yardage guy. He's a pretty good player. Um, here's another line from Call on him. You've got to be able to have a unique ability to evade tacklers, either by running over them or around them. He has the ability to do both. He's a pretty powerful guy. He's fairly close to 230 pounds, and he's got speed. He runs behind his pads, but it's just been a sampling of him right now at this point in time. So we'll see what happens if he gets an opportunity to get a few more carries. But he has the ability. And I, I wouldn't be surprised... If, if he gets a lot of opportunities and, you know, first and second down plays, just to kind of keep Riddick in that niche role, you know, at 230 pounds, I, I, he's an interesting guy. I, I would probably think he'll get a lot of say, at, at least in the early downs. And then one last real quick note on the Lions, they've allowed 30 points in the fourth quarter of their two games, and that's got to be an issue for the Lions to overcome here coming into Sunday's game. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash and that brings us to second down, and that'll be Green Bay's passing attack against Detroit's pass defense. And we've we've talked. I mean, we've talked about this the last two days about the state of the Packers' passing game. And and if you're from Wisconsin, you listen to Sports Talk Radio, you've heard it. If you read my stuff on PackerReport.com or or the Team Gannett or you know ESPN's Rob Domofsky, you've you've heard about this. If, if you got <laughs> You know, what am I saying? I mean, if you've got own eye, if you if you have a pair of functioning eyes, you've seen a Green Bay's passing game. Is a mess. Well, let's see what happens against the Lions here on Sunday. Detroit enters this game 23rd in passing yards per game, 21st in passing yards per play, 25th in interception percentage, 14th in sack percentage. Obviously, the sack number is pretty decent, but they're not going to have ants, so that hurts. Opposing quarterbacks, 70% completions, six touchdowns, one interception, 112.7 pass rating. We'll see. We'll see how this works. This is, uh, what, what is that phrase? The uh, indestructible force against the Abdana. There's something like that. You know, you know, a, a, a tank against a, a, an avalanche. It's, uh, 
But it's the opposite, obviously. Detroit's bad pass defense. Green Bay's bad pass offense. Let's see what happens here. The Packers exiting week two. 31st in passing yards per game. 31st in passing yards per play. 29th in sack percentage. Unbelievable. Aaron Rodgers. 31st in yards per pass attempt. 30th in completion percentage. 22nd in pass rating. Now, this has obviously been a a more a year plus slump here. If you go back to the start of the 2015 season, Aaron Rodgers was number one in pass rating, and he still is. But he was number one in pass rating, number two in completion percentage, and number three in yards per attempt in NFL history. We're talking all time great on three key passing stats. And now you're talking about guys at the bottom of the league. It is it is it is unbelievable what's happened here. And I've gotten this question six ways from Sunday. Email, Twitter. What is wrong with Rodgers? I just think my my theory here, and no one's gonna say this. We used to get to talk to the coaches, you know, one-on-one or in small groups. Now they're off the podium in front of the camera and stream on Packers.com. So I think the honesty level has is decreased. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not, not telling the truth. I mean, the honesty of, you know, being forthcoming is kind of decreased. And, you know, where we might have gotten some answers of what's going on here. Maybe we've gotten at least a glimmer of it before. We're never going to know. You know, my theory is, with all Jordy Nelson, this past game was a mess last year. And Ryder's got into some bad habits. As he And he got into bad habits because of, you know, there's nobody open. And then eventually there'd be pressure coming. Or sometimes he'd, you know anticipate pressure that wasn't there. And I, th- I, th- I think some of those bad habits have carried over to the games here. I mean, I didn't notice it so much in the, in the training camp. And obviously there was no preseason to, s- to speak of, but he's, he's been a mess. And he's he's missed guys who are open as in missed as in not seeing them, or he's missed guys with bad passes. I go back to a couple. There's a crossing off to Jordy Nelson. He just airmailed. And there's a short pass in the flat to, to Jared Cook where if Cook can beat the guy, you know, he's got a chance to get a pretty big gain. Instead, Cook had to catch, go low to catch the ball and was swallowed up pretty quickly. So he's, he's just a man. I just think it's all carried over. And I think it's all fixable stuff. And I, but I just think it's the fault of basically having to play schoolyard football last year. And it works well at times, and it doesn't work well at other times. You know, another great stat here is he is, he is eighth in distance of pass but just 31st in, your, in yards per uh, attempt. So he's pushing the ball downfield. He's just, he's just getting nothing out of it. And, uh, you know, it's, and that's the big play stuff. I mean, McCarthy calls big plays a fundamental of football. And they obviously got obliterated in, on big plays against the Vikings, especially if you get rid of the penalty stuff. You know, here's what McCarthy had to say about this on Monday. Big play production is a necessity to win in the National Football League. We treat it as a fundamental. Big play production is something... That overall is key as a football team. It was eight to eight, and he's talking about the first half there. We both were tied at halftime, and that was one of the emphasis we made in the second half. As far as throwing the ball down the field, we had some opportunities. We weren't we weren't as efficient as we'd like to be. Lines are okay here in the secondary, at least with some big name talent. Cornerback Darius Slay is a really good player. They extended him to a uh, contract through twenty twenty. I mean, he the Packers didn't even look. You remember that game here last year? where the Packers threw the ball to Devontae Adams like 160 times. <laughs> well, that was because they had they had Diggs taking away Jones, so they had their number two corner on 
on Devontae Adams. So Rodgers just kept going to the matchups, and he basically just steered clear of Slay altogether. And then their safety, Glover Quinn, he has the Lions' only interception this year, and he's got 20 on the season. He's, he's, a, he's a darn good player as well. So those are, uh, those are the main characters, so to speak, in their secondary. And then, you know, the other guys, geez, it's uh, uh, Nevin Lawson is their other starting quarterback. Quandre Diggs is their nickel. And uh, at safety, it's Glover Quinn and uh, Devon Wilson. So kind of uh, two proven guys there, and, and the rest of the guys, the rest of it's pretty shaky, which is about what you'd expect based on those stats. This portion of Locked On Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com. Packer Report members get 10% discounts on tickets and gear, plus get my exclusive content, such as the famous World's Best Preview before the game and the Buy the Numbers and Play the Game breakdowns after the game. And if your business would like to reach out to Packers fans, you really should consider sponsoring this podcast, which had unbelievable growth in the past week. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com for demographic and pricing information. And you don't know, really email me anytime at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com. You know, if you've got questions or whatever that maybe I can uh, hit on the podcast, you know, let me know, okay? Love to hear from you. Okay, and a third down, and that would be Green Bay's rushing attack against Detroit's run defense. Packers under this game ranked 19th in rushing per game, 17th per play. You know, they've been okay. I mean, I think Lacey's gotten off to a pretty good start. Still looks huge, but he, he's, he's broken some tackles. He's moved the pile a few times. You know, he had a couple, two or three good runs against uh, the Vikings, and you kind of wish they'd have given him more of a say, and I, and I think they will. Uh, McCarthy, we got into this on Monday, said, Eddie and James, as in James Starks, we feel an excellent one-two punch. A fresh back is better than one who's in there at a certain time. So we trust both those guys, clearly. And here's the key line here. The analysis of our offense after two games, the running backs have not been given enough opportunities. So that's something I need to focus on. So I would expect Green Bay to come out, run the football here on Sunday. Again, they're, they're going to go into the, a, a defense without Ansa and without all those linebackers. So I think that that's a, it's a unit to test. Uh, Detroit's front four would be Devin Taylor at end, Tyron Walker and Haloti Nada at defensive tackle, and then um, shoot, I, I have no idea who's who's the other D end here. And without uh, without Ansa, um, it could go Brandon Copeland or uh, Kerry Hitter played pretty well against Tennessee, so they'd probably be one of those guys. Um, there uh, the backup D tackles are some interesting names: Ashawn Robinson. Who was a was their second round pick, but obviously a guy a lot of Packers fans thought would be possible in the first round, given the Green Bay's shortcomings in the D line with uh, at the time with Raji's retirement. So Ansa is in that mix, and then Kyrie Thornton. There's a blast in the past, right? Packers uh, third round pick in fourteen was seen by some analysts of reach. I know one of the scouts I took to thought he was a really good player. Obviously, that didn't work out. He never played. He got cut, and then the planning in Detroit. So. Uh, it's a couple of interesting names as there, as there backup D tackles there. Um, against the Titans last week, DeMarco Murray, 12 carries, 89 yards. Titans averaged 5.8 5. yards per carry in that game. And the Lions entered this game ranked 20th against the run, but 32nd, dead last in the league in yards per uh, rushing attempt. So this is uh, a place Green Bay has to go after. But you know what? The person that wasn't all that different last year for the Lions but Detroit held Green Bay to its two rushing, two lowest rushing totals of the season last year. So they really dominated that phase of the game, and part of that was the score where Green Bay had to was in catch-up mode in both games. 
Um, Lions held the Packers less than three yards per carry in each of those games and, and just one rushing touchdown. So, you know, you know, if you look at that secondary and, and, and lack of a pass rush, you figure you figure Green Bay's going to come out chucking the ball, and I thought and I thought this is exactly what they were doing against Minnesota without Xavier Rhodes, and that's exactly what they happened. Green Bay came out throwing the ball. They can't do it anymore until Aaron Rodgers in this passing attack can even get to mediocre. I don't think you can look at passing game matchups anymore and say, hey, we, we can go attack here. Let's go attack here. No, I don't think that's I, I think it's time to it's time to run the ball, get some get a real play action game going. You know, set up Rodgers for some easier throws, get some guys, you know, get some guys open somehow. I but I mean you've got to run the football and you know historically, you know uh, McCarthy's brought Lacey along slowly to start of the year to kind of build him up and to keep him fresh for the games that count. Well, I, I don't know if you got that luxury right now. I, I think you got to go run the football. Lacey's been by far the best guy. James Starks, 11 carries for 10 yards in two games. He's been he's been terrible, and he didn't do much in the preseason either. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's his fault, but the production just hasn't been there. But you've got to come out and run the football and um, and establish that. And right now, the the team's offensive identity is the passing game stinks. Where you've got to you've got to build an identity, and that had, to me has at this point has to be being a physical, run-the-football team. And finally, that brings us to fourth down, and I'm sure you've seen this. On Tuesday, the Packers brought in C.J. Spiller, a running back in, I think, a number nine pick in 2010 draft. They brought him in for a workout on Tuesday. As I talked to you here on Wednesday morning, no news of a signing here. Um, I'm not, I personally wouldn't suspect that one happens, but interesting thing here, Two, actually, two interesting things that say maybe um, Green Bay has an open roster spot. As you know, they after cutting Jarrell Presley last week, they, they did not fill that spot. So there's a spot, and they only have two running backs in the roster with Eddie Lacy and James Starks. So you know, setting a number three it would be a would be a possibility. And on a bad offense, Spiller has a chance to add something here. In six seasons, um, about 3,400 rushing yards, a nice 4.9 per carry. Um, Green Bay loves guys who can catch, obviously. 192 catches in six seasons. That's 32 per season. And 7.5 yards per catch in his career. He was great in 2012. Absolutely great with the Bills. Ran for 1,244 yards and 6.0 yard average. Then on top of that, he averaged 10.7 yards on 43 catches. So an explosive player. But it's gone downhill. Last year with Buffalo, uh, yeah, in his last year with Buffalo in 2014, 3.8 per carry. Last year with the Saints, 3.1 per carry. And for a guy with that pass catching ability and athleticism, just 6.4 average per catch the last three seasons. So, you know, it's hey, look, as I tell, always tell everybody every time that there's a intriguing name on the waiver on the free agent list, I would say, hey, there's a reason why he doesn't have a job. There's a reason why he was cut. And for Spiller, it was it was money and production. Obviously, the the money wouldn't be a factor here. You get him for you're going to get him for cheap, but the production hasn't been there. But again, you know, Lacey's the big plow horse, and Starks is a slasher. I mean, Spiller gives you something different with his speed, so I can see it. But, but I, I I guess I'd be surprised, and of course I'm going to say surprised. <laughs> no darn well that at noon or something the Packers are going to announce their roster move, um, and I'll say, damn it. But Green Bay. Look, Guyon's not going to play, and D-line was was already their weak spot, and I thought heading into last week they could add Brian Price off their practice squad to fortify that D-line. Without Guyon, they got Mike Daniels, the only veteran, and then they got 
First-round pick, Kenny Clark, who played pretty darn well um, last week against uh, Minnesota. Fourth-round pick, Dean Lauer, who's barely played. Um, and last year's practice squad, Christian Ringo, who's barely played. So you have four D linemen. You, you really need five, right? I mean, even if Detroit's not going to run the ball a whole lot because the Stafford's going to chuck the ball over the yard because that's what Stafford does. But, I mean, you, I think you need to have five D linemen, so that would make sense to bring up Brian Price. Otherwise, there's cornerback, and you don't know what Sam Shields' status is going to be. And, you know, Demarius Randall, Quinton Rollins, and Larry Darius Gunter, they got by with those three against the Vikings, but Minnesota's a run-first operation, and Detroit's pass-first. And, you know, maybe it's time to go promote. I was going to say promote someone off the practice guy, but there is nobody. So, you know, maybe, maybe if you bring in Robertson, Daniel, who didn't make the final cuts but has some experience and knows the scheme, you could probably plug him in and he could play right away. So otherwise, you're short. Micah Hyde is your... Micah Hyde would be your fourth corner, but you know Morgan Burnett, their, their starting safety injured his hamstring and dropped out of the Vikings game, so you, you don't know how he's going to be. So and then you know they're so Hyde was their number three safety. Chris Banjo is their number four, and he's got a hamstring injury. So you know maybe your so really I think your choices are Micah Hyde is your starting. Assuming Burnett's out, let's preface that if Burnett doesn't play, your your options are starting Hyde at safety and not really having a true fourth corner for emergency. Or you keep Hyde for that emergency, and then it's uh, Kentrell Bryce, the, the undrafted rookie, might be your starting safety. So neither option seems really good. I, I would think they got to make. They just have to make a move at defensive back. That's my opinion. And you, know, <laughs> I say you know what they say about opinions, right? But I would. Uh, so I, I don't think the Spiller move is going to happen, but we'll see. Um, stranger things have happened, and Green Bay certainly could use a boost on this offense. And that will do it for today's episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. Um, please check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network. We have Locked On Lions, Locked On Vikings, Locked On Fantasy. Please subscribe to mine at, uh, on iTunes and the Android app. I do a podcast every Monday through Friday. Um, I'm not sure the rotation is going to be if I'm going to go the uh, behind enemy lions, behind enemy lines with Locked On Lions for tomorrow. If I'll do that on Friday. Either way, we'll have Locked On. Uh, behind enemy lines at some point this week, and then the uh, Packers' defense against Detroit's offense um, also this week, too. And I have a lot of stuff at PackerReport.com as well. I got more on the Spiller rumor there. I got a, a story on how the young D-linemen are really going to have to step up to save the league's number one run defense. And I have a lot more coming today as well with conference calls with Jim Caldwell, Matthew Stafford, and then Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy will talk as well today. So a lot of stuff coming up at PackerReport.com. Once again, My sincere thank you for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.